of the guys have said they slept three hours. Like, how do you, how cognizant are you of that, like, on the ice today? Yeah, very. You know, we can't do much today. Today is just really about fire the engines a little bit just to kind of keep them awake through the day. It's just, it's, that's really it. We're trying to try to keep them away from the hotel and, and keep them away from being able to to nap or have the body shut down just because uh, tonight's sleep really is vital to, to set us up for the week. So uh, to, to uh, get to bed at a, at a decent time and be able to sleep through the night really is the priority for the day. The skate was just, like I said, just about kind of firing the engines and getting a sweat. Fan Morning Show, Sportsnet 5.9 of the fan, Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning. That, of course, Toronto Maple Leafs head coach Sheldon Keefe. Talking about the sleep depra uh, deprivation he's trying to enforce on his players. Like, I'm, I'm sure they had, like, loud music at the practice and loud music until, like that. <laughs> until they were allowed to go to their hotel rooms and go night-night. There are there are other clips from that availability where he, he keeps hammering not in their rooms. Like, he's like, went to the hotel, check it out. Not in the rooms, though. No rooms allowed. <laughs> it's like, I like to think, guys, I like to think somebody was like, I'm just going to drop my bag. No. no. Bellman takes it up. Not yeah. you. Yeah. They should have put, like, some broken glass on all the beds oh. until they were you allowed to sleep. You know what they sleep? should have done? <laughs> I'm just thinking about this now. They should have done the reverse junior hockey trick what tape on the doors yes like who went in there who went in their room yeah you didn't break curfew you unbroke it i guess you're like i need to go to bed oh my god that's what they should have done revert well i mean it's not reverse it's just tape Mm. on the door but it's for going in as opposed to coming out those guys must have felt like i feel all the time like (laughs) this time of day where it's like just nothing but thinking about the the head hitting the pillow and and I, I'm sure they got great, great sleeps. I'm sure there is a great science to this, and I'm sure there is a, a sleep expert well, that know, travels with the team. You know what would be better? What's that? Is if they just stayed in North America and stuck to, like, a National Hockey League schedule. Mm-hmm. That would have been way better for their sleep, I think. Interesting personally. proposition. Yeah. Uh, not going to happen. Wild, I know. They're going to play two games in Sweden, uh, one against the Detroit Red Wings on Friday at 2 o'clock Eastern time, and then right. uh, one at 8 in the morning Somehow on worse. Sunday against the <laughs> Minnesota Wild. Who Do I look like the Leafs and Wild in Stockholm at 8 in the morning? Do I look like an EPL fan to you like I have fake my no. gunners but yeah no I'm good I'm watching sports at that time of day I tried yeah, F1 I, yeah I mean yeah, you could be why. yeah the, the, the Arsenal why. supporter that's my that's my team me and uh, our our web editor Devang he welcomed me into the oh good the for fandom. you yeah I shook his what hand what does that mean everything. though like have you watched even 30 seconds yeah, of an Arsenal actually, game actually actually uh, our boss Ryan Fabro didn't like me tweeting about it because I, I turned it on at a great time in an early Arsenal uh, I think yeah they did play Man U and Declan Rice Mm. And big, big acquisition made by us, my gunners. I got to yell, get in, when he shot one in. It was great. <laughs> That's been the extent of my Arsenal fan. Oh, no. Just yelling, get in, yeah. when he shot one in the net. That was fun. All right. And Have it was it. before hockey season had started, so it was like priming me because mm. I love, I love yelling when I'm watching a game of, get in. I feel like, yeah, get in. Yeah, you can take that to hockey. For sure. Um. Avid, Avid is one that is, oh, I, is no, no, is I, soccer specific. No, I'm good on that. I Avid! just yell. I yell, get in. All That's right. what I yell. Okay. Um, and you know what I'm yelling about the Sweden trip? What? Get out. <laughs> Leave. <laughs> Connor Timmons might get in to an NHL game <laughs> this weekend. Available ish. Yeah, he's practicing fully. Doesn't have the no contact jersey on. 
he... We should, by the way, uh, just like I'm as much mentioning this to you as I am the people sitting directly behind me. We should maybe keep tabs on what is being said at the Leafs availability right, right now because we, I doubt it, but we could get some insight on to uh, whether Connor Timmons is more of a possibility, less. Maybe they toe the line of who knows. That's true. Something like, to watch. That's you all. know what? We may have breaking news on the morning show. Not going to. Leafs related for the first time and maybe only time ever. Not going to bank on it. Okay. But they are practicing right now. Um, and doing a media availability afterwards. So Connor Timmons, I imagine, again, is going to be practicing in full unless he somehow injured himself between yesterday and They're today. They're off the ice, is my understanding. Just, like, trying to keep you as abreast okay. of the situation <laughs> as humanly possible. Okay, any, any, anything I should know about the lines? Like, they're all the same as yesterday, I imagine. Uh, that's my understanding, yeah. All right, uh, Connor Timmons... Again. Oh, n- no. Actually, we do have an update from Azo. He just sent it to us uh, from, from our man who we will not talk to today, Josh Cloak. Mm-hmm. John Klingberg not practicing today... But the, and this is from Klingberg. The Leafs are in much better spirits for practice at Holvet Arena after Monday's long travel day. <laughs> okay, so they're more awake, like I guess. Yeah. All right. Better spirits. I I thought I love Josh, but there's just, a lot of reporting straight out of North Korea this week of like uh, oh, the, the supreme the supreme trip that is the NHL. They're in much better spirits today. Yeah. They're they didn't get dragged to the gulag. Okay. Mm. They're staying in nice hotels. They got over jet lag. God. Mm. Mm-hmm. They were tired. Yeah, John okay. Klingberg not practicing is the thing you need to take out of there. Sure, which I guess would give you a better indication that maybe Connor Timmons is going to get into his first game of the year on Friday. Maybe they just hope John Klingberg got lost. Like, why don't you take the day? Well, well honestly, do whatever it is you need to do. When I just glanced at that thing, I was like, Leafs in better spirits because John Klingberg not practicing <laughs> today. You can read it that way. I don't think that's what he meant, but yeah, it does yeah, yeah, seem yeah, like yeah, they're yeah. like, oh, God, he's not a drill buster. It's very strange because he's obviously nursing an injury, which sure. uh, presented itself on Friday hey, on man. the first end of the back-to-back between the Leafs and the Flames and then the Canucks and then played his best game of the year on Saturday. Low bar. Yeah, I mean, and also in third-pairing minutes, but whatever, like, wasn't a, ni- a minus, was not on the ice for a goal against. In fact, Leafs allowing zero five-on-five goals against. So, one, he was healthy last time the Leafs played a game and mm-hmm. played reasonably well. Yeah. And two, there's a lot of time off between then and Friday, like, by my counting, six days? Don't worry. I can give you that number exactly. It is, because I think about it all the time. Yeah, so that's, it is, like, was it curious that the guy who was having a horrible, horrible start to the season, big free agent acquisition mm-hmm. with a cap hit of more than $4 bucks had a quote-unquote injury, mm-hmm. and then the 24 hours later no longer had He's an fine. injury? Is it also very curious that his injury has popped up again as... The Leafs have their longest layoff between games of the entire season. Yeah, it kind of is, especially with Connor Timmons returning to full health. Yeah, it's very curious. You would even say that's maybe how you would want to manage the conversation around somebody if you didn't want to just outright say you're going to healthy scratch him, especially if you, were, if you weren't going to say you were just going to healthy scratch him in Toronto. The idea that you're going to drag him over to his homeland and say, here is where we will make the naked point of you are a healthy scratch. We're not going to massage it. Yeah. And the other part of this as well is that, I don't know, maybe just rubes like me want to buy into this thing. But if they had, if they, they won't say the area of the body. But if they did, it's like, oh, yeah, his back seized up on a long flight or it's like longer travel than normal. Like I could I could easily like buy into mm. to that. But I want to be clear. I'm not buying this. Is there even an upper or lower body I distinction on this? I haven't this? even seen. No. I, I, I wonder I, I, if it's I, the highest possible <laughs> upper body and he has a case of the sads. <gasps> oh, my God. I didn't bring this up yesterday. My, my kid came home 
Oh. From school, yeah. sick yesterday. We got a, like right before I was about to take my, my afternoon by nap. Yeah, uh, yeah no, devastating. Interrupted by now having to look after a five-year-old in the afternoon Yuck. after uh, doing morning radio. I mean, so I, I, have was, to, I have to take after look after a three-year-old. So what am I talking about? But yeah, uh, yeah, yes, but yeah, like he's in daycare or yeah. something during the day, right? Yeah, he is. Okay. Awesome. Well, I have government uh, paid for daycare. Uh, which is kindergarten yeah. that he's supposed to be in, but he was I sent home. I don't think they like it when you call it that. But. Well, that's essentially what it is. I, like, okay, is he learning some of the letters? I, I guess, I like, so. sort of, but, like, it's mostly, it. like, he's five. Don't eat the glue. Yeah, pretty much. And and be there for, yeah, whatever. Working the, hours. Yeah, l- like, nine until three. Is that too much to ask? Apparently it was yesterday because he came home sick, well, yeah. and I'm mm. doing the air quotes oh, yeah. thing, which, like, it's it's quite a thing for mm-hmm. not just me to yeah, recognize, yeah, yeah. but even sure. the teacher who's handding him off oh, to me saying, like, I think it might be just a case of the Mondays. Yeah. Well, because... No, hold on. You think it might just be a case of the Mondays? Pardon me? Why don't we do some sussing out of this before I get involved is where you're going with this. Yeah. yeah. Like, come all on, the, Okay. Can I can I stick up for your kid for four seconds here? <laughs> I, I we've don't all know had, why you would, but we've okay. All, we've all had the thing where you call in sick and you genuinely feel like you're going to die. And then the second your boss is like, okay, don't worry about it. You're like, mm, do I actually want to go for a run by the water? I feel totally fine <laughs> now that the pressure of work has been lifted off of me. Like, I'm still sick. I still don't feel great mm. but once that spectrum of work or not eating glue in kindergarten yeah, in no. kid's oh i know he must have had the, the great the weight grind, lifted off of him of, that he didn't have Clifford to do the big red dog right or whatever yeah it is no, they're he, doing. he had to play with his own legos his instead own of the box. legos at school <laughs> no you know what i think it might have no, been I, I think, think it was <laughs> his best bud who also oh, left no. sick early oh. that day and it's like that seems like a good idea how do i how do i hitch my wagon to that thing hmm Managed to do it, so uh, we're we should be talking about the least. But I do have one more question about this. Mm-hmm. It's like you're you're there. It's like, are you like an easy work from home parent? Like when I was home from sick, if I was home from sick with my mom, it's like there were no video games. There's no fun to be had. When I was home sick with my dad, it was like you could do whatever you want so long as you don't bother me. No, see, to me, it was it had to be a learning moment, right? It well, that's be, what I was getting at. It's yeah. like, surely if my dad would have taken that tact once upon a yeah, time. No, it needed to be hammered home good. that this was not super fun time. It was clean the basement time. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You know who loves that? The guy who texts in about the dirty wet pit. He's yeah, like, good job by you. Yeah. Making and your kid clean like, that up. Did I have any illusions that the basement would in fact look no, clean? After? No. no. It was just like, here's what we're going to do. What needs to be clean? His conscience. Yeah. That's what needs to be clean. <laughs> Into the basement we go. Amazing. Good Get job. Get on your hands well and knees. Uh, he's five. Anyways... <laughs> <laughs> I have no about? idea how we ended up. Oh here. yeah, John Klingberg oh, with right. the made-up injury. Yeah, and your kid I mean, being made up. Set. I mean, I, real just, injury. Just for the record, very happy you dragged us into that tangent. Okay. I thought that was great. But yeah, with John Klingberg, I think it's pretty clear that there's some massaging of the message going along here. I think that they, you know, it's pretty clear. A guy is struggling. You don't want to. You don't want to just heap more on him. This is a guy who the market, I mean, it seems like it's simmered down a little now. It's amazing what one game where you sit and one game where you play fine does. Yeah, but if you would have, it feel like the announcing him as a healthy scratch would have been, I shouldn't say like the final nail in the coffin, but that does feel like it would have just turned people off. Okay, we're done here. It's not Ryan Reeves, right? Like who's not only, you know, 
whatever, 36 years old, but also we understand what Ryan Reeves is. Did, mm-hmm. it's a, did, does Brad Trilliving want him on a three-year deal? No. no. Felt like he had to do it, and he felt like uh, spreading out the cap hit over the three years is, yeah, we talked to Frank Cervelli last week, is going to give him the best chance of landing the player. Also makes it a little bit easier to make him disappear if, yeah. in fact, this thing runs its course. And yeah, he's over 35, so he can't retire, right? Yep. But you can demote him to the American League and then save a million bucks off your cap. Which is not nothing. Yeah, it's significant. It's almost his entire cap hit. So, yeah, that's a different conversation. It's a different it looks different mm-hmm. than the guy who's making four times that much yep. and started the season as a top four guy. Like he was playing alongside Jake McCabe. That was the second pairing for this team that in game number 16, you're saying, oh, uh, no, in fact, he's a negative asset. Mm-hmm. And not only will we be trying to send him elsewhere, we may have to attach something to him to get him the hell out of here because he's... He's not capable of playing on the blue line for this team right now. Well, and the other thing about it is that it's, and with both of these guys, it's the case with Reeve less so just because the dollar amount is less so, but these were the first moves that were made. Like those were the ones made on, yeah. on July one. And, you know, we can quibble about if you'd feel better about Matt Dumba. I think everybody would, but not, not as much as you would maybe think, but that's a case of both sides. But he's not, the he's not John Kling. That's exactly, right? that is exactly it. Is that anybody you could point to, you could pretty much say it'd be going better than Klingberg right now. And I just think that's the part of it that is so hard to kind of get past is the idea that, you know, Ryan Reeves, if you felt like you had to do that, mm-hmm. that was the only route to take there. That's it. Like if you felt like you needed a heavy, a tough, I suppose you could have tried to go trade for Nick Delorier from the flyers or something. But generally speaking, in terms of just going out there and acquiring one on the free agent market, that was the guy to improve your blue line. There were a myriad of options. Again, how good they are uh, poor to not so poor is kind of the, the, the realm you were shopping in there, but there were other options to be had with Klingberg. And I think that's why. And the other part of it as well is that, you know, again, this is a player who's never, played in a market like this. Ryan Reeves is constantly drawing attention to himself, saying, hey, look at me. I would like to be the focal point of this. I want to talk. I want a camera in my face. John Klingberg does not strike me as that kind of guy. He played in Dallas, played in Anaheim, and, like, Minnesota loves their hockey. They love it. They don't hate it, though, if that makes any sense. Like, it's, hey, the Wild are good, but I don't know that they get bogged down in I want to hate this guy. There there are not stories of a thousand Larry Murphys coming out of Minnesota, (laughs) right? It is much more of a I love this thing than I'm hypercritical of it. They're pretty critical of the Vikings, although Kirk Cousins, like, has hung around for as long as he did, and this is the end of Kirk Cousins with the Achilles and headed into free agency, but is that, like, just a Minnesota thing? No, I I think it's a pecking order in the market thing. Mm, so like, the Vikings do take all that. Like, I think they take a lot. How about you have a, a strong understanding of the Minnesota sporting media market. I have a strong understanding that the Vikings are at the tippy top of it at all yeah. times. I'm that I'm very confident. I'm also pretty confident that the twins get no derision, nothing. No, no I mean, just, I was going to say nothing um, angry written about them, but like nothing written about no, them. They're just like, Hey, we're in the central. Isn't that interesting? That's effectively <laughs> the discussion surrounding the twins. But I don't, I don't know that there's the derision to the wild. It's just, okay. Yeah. Like, like honestly, the derision to the wild last two years has been, why do we have $50 million off of our cap? Cause two guys who aren't here retired. That's mm-hmm. like the derision to the wild right now. So he's just, he's never played in a market like this. And it's one thing to be a leaf and be the focus of attention. But when you're the leaf, 
the people have decided to turn on. And that 1,000% had happened. I do think that yeah. there is a bit of a thaw happening here. It yep. can come back in an instant. Of course. But that's the other part of it is they have to be careful. They have to protect him in that regard. And that's just as much what Keith was talking about in terms of ice time, in terms of deployment. They have to protect the yeah. person from what this market is. I know. They had been protecting him as far as defensive zone draws. Like yep. he hasn't been on the ice for them no. really all season long. What's an interesting conversation is – what if Connor Timmins does play on Friday and John Klingberg is out with his injury mm-hmm. on Friday? And Connor Timmins looks good because the last check he was racking up at least points, right? Yep. Last season in the, his limited time in the National Hockey League, which is the other thing of the John Klingberg thing. Not only is he on the ice for all these goals against, it's like five points mm-hmm. this season, yep. no goals. Like if, if there was an offensive upside that was being realized by John Klingberg, at least you could have the pull and push of, of okay, is it is his offensive positive outweighing the negative and there's just no debate that's about the max, it that's the max domi conversation of course right? of course of course of course but like what if what if a guy who's making a whole lot less is a whole lot younger mm-hmm. who's got a future potentially here in toronto looks a whole lot better on friday and john klingberg is still got his quote unquote injury mm-hmm. well what happens then well, I think the I think the thing that happens is that you you have to be honest with your players on the team. Like if it's an all in year, it has to be. And like the idea of all in maybe has changed with this franchise slightly because mm-hmm. can you have seven all in years in a row? But if it is a you must win, you the, run out of chips eventually. You, you do. I think that's how poker works, uh, at least in my opinion. First actually, time actually. Actually, once you came to a poker night and you like threw your chips in, and I swear you were done in like eight minutes. I'm remembering this when an old fan. No, host, that doesn't sound. Right. No, I feel like that did happen. I, I don't think so. Okay. Anyways, I think what happens though is that if it's undeniable to the players, to the players, you can't lie to them. You can't say, all right, we're going to massage this and keep Timmons out and try to keep him in. If he is undeniably better, you have to find a way to get him in. And just for the production here, I feel like people have heard it bandied about. So in 66 career NHL games, 21 points. Not like that's not nothing, not overly impressive. But it's the 14 points in 25 games he had with the Leafs that year, last year that's, yeah. that's sticking out. Now, the other part of this as well is that one of the things, John Klingberg, when he's going, does two things well. One of them is Connor Timmons can give you right now that I believe snaps a pass. He has no problem doing it. And he is quick with his decision-making, whether it be moving the puck or whether it be getting it on net, he can replicate all the John Klingberg thing. The skating is the difference between Klingberg and Timmons. But here's the thing. Klingberg isn't the skater. He was supposed to be when he came here. He's not the skater that got him $4.1 million four months ago or three months ago or whatever it was. Guess what? He wasn't the skater then. Yeah. Wasn't the skater a year ago. Wasn't the skater two years ago. That's the thing that you have to look at. And I honestly do wonder if they get through this Sweden trip, see how Timmons looks, and then if they are looking to improve the blue line. And it's not that he's an asset, but you're effectively doing a money in, money out deal of defenseman comes in, Klingberg goes the other way. I, I do wonder if that's what has to Trade market is not open right now. It doesn't feel like, right? Like even the, the teams that are going to be sellers, like the, the, the flames, the, yeah. the Zadorov conversation, like that's not taking place. I don't believe until February. I well, just, the, I, I don't see it happening. It's not that it can't happen. I think that, I think that somebody like Conroy, especially him, he's been there for so long. Like he would know what a good version of this flames team looks like. And he would know one that's not going anywhere. So I actually don't know that he's super hesitant, but you have to come with an offer that excites him. And I just don't know that, 
Nick Robertson or Frazier Minton is is the guy that that does it. The other part of it as well, and I I suppose we would have heard the cold water aspect of all this by now if there was a case, but is it easy for those two to do, do a deal with each other? Like yeah. it's easy for Trilliving, of course, because he has a ton of familiarity with the player. So it's easy for him to commit knowing who those guys are. But from Conroy's perception, you can't you can't be seen to forget lose that deal. Yeah. You can't not win it. Mm-hmm. running away so that's the other part of it that i just see it being so hard to get the deal done yeah and they they got three pending ufa defensemen on that mm-hmm. flames team that all are going to need suitors by the yeah. trade deadline and a lot the of Tanev one is the one that scares me i feel like that's the most like oh rugged do you mm-hmm. need and not that he isn't what they need it's just all the conversations we have had about mark giordano and the tread left on the tires at the end of the year uh, chris Tanev also 34 years old i know geo's like 50 but He's Chris 40. Tanev. Yeah, I know. 34, though, not uh, not exactly uh, young. You know, I'm from Tanev. I, I don't Actually, like this. That, wait a minute. That's how old I am. Yeah. I don't like this at all. Well, I was going to say, yeah, it turned a, a round number that is similar to Mark Giordano's in February, so I don't like this geo slander. Mm-hmm. 40 is the new 20, I think. Oh, okay. Sure. Keep telling yourself that. It is for him. It's definitely not for you. That's rude. Uh, NHL GM meetings are taking place in Toronto. Uh, we alluded to this story earlier on in the mm. program, and it's taken until yeah, take the your third lap. hour. Take your lap. To get this story to the air so that I can talk about how right I was, although it hasn't been enacted. Uh, here is Elliot Friedman on Sportsnet Central talking about what could be happening to three-on-three overtime. One of the questions that was asked was, is this still as good as when we first brought it in? You'll remember when overtime first arrived, and especially when they went down to three-on-three, it was very exciting. It was chaos, and you knew eventually teams would figure out a way to make it less fun. That's what coaches do. So I think that's what we're talking about here. Is it still as fun? And if not, is there a way we can make it a bit more fun? And the thing that was talked about was regrouping, taking the puck out once you've gained the blue line, going back resetting slowing the game down and i i do think now one of the things i don't think that came up was lengthening it to maybe 10 minutes that wasn't one of the things they talked about but there were things like about okay do you blow the play dead uh do you call some sort of infraction what do you do in order to make sure that we keep as much of the fun about three on three as we originally had and we'll see how those ideas percolate as we head into the march meeting yeah it's the immediate and perfect fix. Is you it? don't yeah, you don't need sure? an extra 5 minutes. What you need is not like David Camp on the ice to win the face off sure. and then skate around and then he departs and then you just try and hold on to the puck. Like eventually get the perfect scoring opportunity, but if that takes 4 minutes, yeah. it takes 4 minutes. And like everybody looks like William Nylander leaving the zone and going you know passing back to Joseph Wall, mm-hmm. right? Like that's that's what 3 on 3 overtime right. can look. When it looks at its best, it's trading sh- shot opportunities sure. and the rebound going off the end boards yeah, yeah. and then two on ones the other way, which you can't force unless mm, you tell trying to. Yeah, unless you tell the offensive players that once you enter the zone, you can't leave. And I know the NHL doesn't want to add extra stoppages and face offs to this will thing. Will happen? No, but here's what: not if the penalty for going against this is as severe as actually receiving a penalty and it being a four on three opportunity for the opposition. Yeah. Guess what? Nobody's good taking the puck over the blue line. If it's the blue line or back over the red line, I I, I think blue line is sure. it's far too, it, it's far too extreme for the NHL to, to do 
Um, although I think it's probably the best idea is that, hey, once you gain the offensive zone, you can't leave the offensive zone, right. which means that eventually you're going to have to take a shot or else yeah. the puck is going to be taken off your stick. It's just, it seems like there would be no game that would get through five minutes of overtime without a goal being scored if you were forced mm-hmm. to take an offensive opportunity because offensive opportunities beget extreme offensive opportunities in three-on-three overtime. You know what it's going to beget? What? Soft? Because these guys, like, they know how to shoot for oh, a rebound. Oh, they're going to do they, a little muffin. It's going to do a muffin that's going to get swallowed up by the goalie, and there's going to be an offensive four-checker right there. That will be the new system. And then three-on-three overtime. Why would you do that, though? Because the other choice is a penalty. If the choices are that I have a player, like, okay. No, I'm not talking about the shot clock. Like, I don't like the shot no, clock. No, no, no. But my, but it's not a shot clock. There's a play. If, if you have to stay inside the blue line or inside the red line, there's only so much space out there. Yeah, yeah, a yeah. defender's going to come at you, and rather than just give up the puck, you're going to lob, lob a muffin at the goalie and then have a four-checker there and get the goalie to blow it dead so that you can get an offensive zone draw. This, in my opinion, will lead to three-on-three taking 15 minutes to play because it'll be whistle after whistle after whistle, which I'm not saying the the way we do it now is perfect. Mm. I would a thousand times rather watch William Nylander regroup and reload and try to come back in than sit there and watch whistle after whistle after whistle because that's the way I would expect it would play out, in my opinion. No, I, I, I disagree. And even if we got that, like eventually you got to take your offensive opportunities, yeah, right? But like it, it would just be takes a, that first one. No, okay. If there's a rebound, yes. But if there's not, like the, the the shooter is talent. Generally speaking, mm-hmm. I mean, I know David Camp finds his way out there, but generally speaking, the shooter talented enough. But to- if you're in a position to get the puck on net yeah. at all, right? Yes. Like you're talking about this muffin. Yeah, like yeah. if you're in a position to yeah. get the shot on net at all, like you're not going to have a ton of opportunities. You can't wait for the most optimal scoring opportunity. This is like you're going to take your 50-50 shot in the faceoff dot as opposed to taking a shot on net, like a legitimate yeah. scoring opportunity shot on net in yes, that situation. The, that makes no sense well, to me. It's exactly the th- it's exactly the situation they're in right now where they would rather, instead of forcing an opportunity, it's like, if the choices are muffin on net or shoot for the corner where it is just as liable that I miss and hit bar or miss or yeah, hit but the you could also glass. Score, you could also win the game. Yeah, of course it's, you could. But if they thought they had a shot where they could win the game right now, guess what? They'd be taking it. So I, like, there's... No, I, I think the, the calculus is... It's, it, I'm it telling... It changes, though, when you can take it, like, yeah, you can say, well, you know what? This is three on three. We're going to get a better shot opportunity than the one that, like, we score at 2%. You know, we can wait for the 10% shot opportunity because we can take it all the way back out. Like the 2% becomes a little bit more valuable if you you don't know how many offensive opportunities you're going to get because you can't leave the zone. To me, the 2% becomes a shot that you now take if you can't leave the zone. Yes, and you take it with the explicit understanding that one of those players, you got three guys on the ice. One guy's taking the shot. One guy's getting back. The other guy is on top of the goalie so that he cannot play the puck. Like the same way teams scheme three on three now, mm. that might that this might open it up for five minutes. And I don't mean literally five minutes of three on three. I mean like five weeks of NHL play. And then guess what? Coaches are going to get their hands on it. If you actually want to fix this, if you actually want to fix this, and this could never happen, is you just you tell the coaches it doesn't exist. You tell them games end in ties, and you just let the players deal with it. Because the coaches are ones who ruin this. You don't think Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner or William Nylander or any of these guys want to force the issue, take their chances offensively? Of course they do. But if you're going to coach it, if you're going to make it worth the extra point, all that stuff, it's going to get bogged down 
always. So I, I don't begrudge the NHL for looking at ways to try things. It's exactly what we talked about with Damien yesterday, I that I want them to do it. But I just think that this has some unintended consequences that you aren't going to like any more than what we have now. Honestly, I don't think there's a big issue with three-on-three overtime as is right okay, now. Okay, so then good. Let's just shake hands and keep it the way but it is. If you're going to keep it, like I think it's one or the other. Like Then add the five minutes. Sure. I'm, I, that I have no problem with. Gladly would see that. Yeah, doesn't feel like no. That's not happening. Players are like work more, like longer working hours. What do we get? Oh, nothing. Uh, Even yeah, Yeah. it being hockey fun time. Like that is their job. Like you are physically asking them to work more for nothing. So So they're unlikely to do it. I think. Quick follow up on that. What do we think the Leafs got for going to Sweden? Nothing. Like, did Austin Matthews get, like... I, like yeah, but here's that an is their job play. as well. Like, they have to travel. Well, they didn't have to travel to Sweden. Yeah, I'm sure their per diem That's is what I'm a little bit. I'm, I'm wondering. I'm yeah. curious about these things because I get it. Not nothing. Yeah, not nothing. Interesting. All right, All right when we come back, uh, we'll get uh, Scott Hartnell's yeah, you opinion talk on, about the, not on, the, nothing. on the matter. Uh, no doubt he has some thoughts. Former NHL forward, NHL Network analyst, joins us next. The Fan Morning Show continues. Ben Annis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Diving deep into Leafs, Raptors, Jays, and NFL. The J.D. Bunkins Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fan Morning Show, Sports at 5.9. The fan band and his sprint gunning. Maple Leafs doing media right now over in Sweden. Practice is over. They're in better spirits. We mentioned earlier, according to Josh Cloak. Official uh, emotional stenographer. Right. They, out of the job, my you know, are those emotional stories. I'm good there in better spirits. Yeah. As I will never recover from this. Uh, I'm sure our next guest will put you in better spirits. He um, will. I guarantee it. He is our insider brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. It is Scott Hartnell, former NHL forward, currently NHL network analyst. And uh, you can catch a Scott on NHL now, which you can watch on Sportsnet one at weekdays, four to 6 PM Eastern time. How's it going, Scott? I'm wonderful. Uh, thanks for the uh, intro. Of calling me an insider. I love it. <laughs> You're on the inside, buddy. Like compared to us, you are like deep. You are on the 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 the, the in most inside, like you're the middle of a Tootsie Roll pop. You are the, the core. Yeah, you're the you're absolutely on the inside. So yes, insider, tell us how you think the players feel about going abroad to play hockey games. And if you thought being an insider was weird, how did you feel about being called the center of a Tootsie Roll pop yeah. just now at eight o'clock? Yeah, I know Tootsie Roll is probably my least favorite candy. Oh, I like them. Hundred percent agree. Could have picked a better candy in my my eyes, but no, I. Uh, I've been over, well, my first two NHL games were not only overseas, they're on the other side of the world. They were in Tokyo when we played the Pittsburgh Penguins in 2000. So uh, a little bit farther of a a plane ride uh, to Tokyo than Sweden. But no, I I think everyone likes going abroad, right? You know, I think if you're you're an NHL player, you obviously played in some under-18s or world juniors and, uh, you know, they could have been in Czech Republic or Sweden, Finland, uh, you know, wherever. And uh, it's always cool to see another part of the world, and you know, I always, uh, you know, you want to go to different places, right? And and you get to go over there, and uh, especially being from that country, right? There's a few Swedes in Minnesota, obviously Nylander in Toronto, so it's uh, you got a, a bunch of people asking for tickets, and that's probably the most painful part. But to, to be home and, and play an NHL game in your your home. Uh, home country is, is really special. So it's, uh, um, you know, it's cool traveling. It's cool. You got different hotels, different culture, different food. But uh, I think all in all, I players enjoy it. 
Yeah, it's interesting. I know Nylander mentioned uh, 90 to 100 tickets split between the two games, so good thing he has the new contract coming because uh, they're certainly dinging him uh, while, while, he, while he's over there. And just you mentioning, like, the starting your career in Tokyo, we were joking about, so, you know, Lee's defenseman, Connor Timmins, he's yet to play this season. He made the trip over there. He's been skating with the team, and there's been some people wondering if he was going to get in, and I'm sitting here going, oh, there's no way they can play him for his first game this season in Sweden, but, I mean, now hearing that you started your NHL career in Tokyo, <laughs> maybe not as big of a deal as I'm making it out to be. Yeah, it's, it's kind of funny too. Like in your uh, uh, EL entry level deal, right? They have uh, uh, two flights for your uh, parents, your mom and dad, to come watch you. You know, your first uh, NHL game. <laughs> so, so I said to I said to the you know Mr. Poyle and the uh, the travel people and uh, team service guy in Nashville. I'm like, I don't think they're gonna go to Tokyo, but uh, can they come to the first game in in Nashville to come back? And they, you know, absolutely. So they booked their flights, and uh, so that was a cool experience for for my folks. But yeah, there's so many funny stories. I fell asleep on the uh, the first flight actually from Nashville to Detroit, and then we jumped on the 15 hour banger Tokyo, and and I I, I took my shoes off. Uh, for that first flight, and, and you know, obviously a very rookie move. Yeah, uh, haven't tough. played a game yet. My my shoes were gone, and I'm I'm going trucking through the airport with no shoes. Barry Trotz comes up to me at the gate. He's like, "What the hell are you doing? Where's your shoes?" I said, "It's a tough look." Someone's got them, and I'm not going to buy a pair in the airport. So someone's got to get them back to me. I just want those guys in my. <laughs> So it was uh, pretty funny stories and good memory. <laughs> so okay, yeah, uh, we gotta we gotta continue down this path here because Scott, that is that is that is not um, welcome behavior on a commercial flight, in my opinion. In in one man's humble opinion, uh, I, we can debate about whether you should put your your seat back backwards, like if you're not in first class and there's no room. Like we can have a debate about that. There is no debate about taking your shoes off on no matter the length of flight. Like, are you still that, like, if you fly commercial, are you taking your shoes off when you're not afraid of, of your teammates stealing them? Uh, yeah, I take them off. Usually. Oh, my goodness. Let's the dogs breathe. Oh, no. Uh, what do you, think? you should be arrested. So I, wake up in the, I wake up in the morning for a flight. I put on brand new socks. I shower before I put my socks on. You walk about maybe a quarter mile to get to, to, the, to the gate. You think they're going to be barking by then? No, absolutely not. You be comfy. You got a two, three-hour flight? Be comfy. I love it. Just I don't mean... take your socks into the uh, laboratory where... There's pee everywhere. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good rule of thumb there. Uh, yeah, that, that is. And, uh, you know, I, like Ben, I'm not going to admonish you. You do what you want. But maybe the, maybe the lack of shoes on a flight is part of the reason why I don't love traveling. But that's neither neither here nor there. I mean, honestly, Hartnell, you, you telling these stories. Like, I imagine, you know, you mentioned these trips and how fun they are. I mean, that was always such a big part of what you were for your teams, right? I mean, obviously, what you brought on the ice was really important. But there was so much of you, at least from the outside, Outside that seemed like you were a real kind of social convener for for lack of a better term like you know your trip seems like it happened at the beginning of the season here the Leafs have talked a little bit about the bonding possibility like how much would you like that not to start off a season but kind of in the middle of it like how much do you think it would provide the team a bit of a reprieve here because you know I've been lamenting the fact that they finally got rolling and now they're going to take five six days off here before they play a game again then they're going to have another layoff come in the other way but from a team perspective you know, especially in a city like Toronto where it can get a little loud. What do you think it would mean, especially to somebody like you who kind of loves, you know, getting the boys together, have, having a time? What would it mean to kind of get away in the middle of it all? 
It's great. And, you know, especially, I guess, uh, Toronto has been playing a little bit better for a team like Minnesota Wild, a, a team that's, that needs to get away, right? So it's kind of, you look at it both ways. You could, you know, win the first 15 games and you're like, oh, man, we got to go to Europe and, and play. And, you know, only two games in 10 days, whatever it is. And, and you could be frustrated that way or, or you spin it, right? It's all about how you're, you're thinking and your attitude. And, um, you know, the one, just talking about, you know, the flights and, and you know, being with the team, I, you know, since I've been retired six years, it was my first flight last week. I, I did uh, color with Jim Jackson for the Flyers on TV. So, so they flew out a couple of days early. So I jumped on the bird with, uh, with the guys. And, you know, it was just so different being on the media part, part of it oh, yeah. than being an actual sitting down at the card tables with the boys and, you know, that's Sean Couturier, Cam Atkinson. I played with those guys, right? And they're, like, just giving it to me when I get on the bird. They're all, pigeons are in the back, you know? <laughs> and I was I was that guy, right, when I was playing just chirping everyone coming on. And then uh, I was just, like, just kind of back, you know, kind of twirling my thumbs. And then eventually I went up there to see who was winning the card game and, you know, saying hi to some of the guys and whatnot. But it, it's, it's, it's also whoever's listening, if the NHL guys listen and just enjoy your – your time with those private flights and the, the shrimp and the fruit when you get on and sandwiches and it's uh, it's pretty pretty special. So it's been a while. I I, uh, uh, did, I didn't take it for granted because I had lots of fun, but uh, I uh, it just really really uh, enjoyed being back there again. Yeah, I'll bet. I'll bet it's a little different than like yeah when I travel to go see my wife's family in Texas in an economy class for three hours uh, on, <laughs> on, a, on a flight in North America. Ah! I'll bet it's a little different. Uh, it's a little different for William Nylander this week as well because he's, I mean, he's had an unbelievable start to the season. He's a pending unrestricted free agent and he gets to play an NHL game in front of uh, friends and family for the first time in his entire career. I'm interested, Scott, like on a team with some pretty notable stars and one guy at the very tippy top who's going to be the best American to ever play the game, it feels like, in Austin Matthews and Nylander a little bit down the pecking order, but like where, where is his star headed? Like, where is he, if this season continues and he ends up, I don't know. I mean, is it outrageous to think about him scoring 50 and having a hundred points this season? I don't think so. Considering he scored 40 a season ago, where is William Nylander's overall superstar status going to be? If this keeps up, Uh, he's up there. There's no doubt. He's going to be around that hundred point mark. Uh, uh, you know, he's, he, is, he is a superstar, right? And, uh, you know, I've been watching, obviously, the, the highlights of Toronto and, you know, just how he how smooth he looks, right? There, there's guys that put up points that, that do it, you know, the hard way, like a Matthew Kachuk, a Brady Kachuk, and uh, those guys play the game hard. Like, he's just so flipping smooth, right? The way he skates and suits his, his hair and beard, like everything about him is just, like, attractive, right? So it's... It's one of those guys I love. I love kind of you know paying attention to and watching him uh, uh, out there playing. So uh, you know, Toronto's got some uh, decisions to do whether they can resign, can resign him. Right? You got uh, uh, he's a big part of their team, and uh, you know he'd be a big loss if if uh, if a deal can't be done. Yeah, you were once famously uh, the third Sedin triplet for four minutes. Feels like Willie Nylander uh, fits that role. No offense, just just a touch better better <laughs> okay, than you. There. I'll take the end of- 
I'll say Cabanas to the intro, but that's probably the biggest compliment you could say. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember. Uh, we all remember you mic'd up there from that uh, that that All Star game. I did want to get your your opinion on the the Oilers here. I mean, I'm sure you. I, I don't have it in front of me, but I, I'd imagine throughout your career you would have played on a team that uh, either had a coaching change in season or at, at the very least felt like it was it was possible. You know, there's been a lot of noise from the outside in Edmonton of, and you know they've downplayed it. McDavid has downplayed it, but it it, it appears at least like McDavid's running the show here you got his former agent as the team president his junior coach is behind the bench now how would teammates react to that kind of thing because I don't think anybody looks at a player like Connor McDavid and says oh you better not ask him his opinion about anything no you probably should try to make that guy happy but how would teammates uh, react to that kind of thing of a player potentially appearing at least to have so much influence in a in an organization well I, I I'm not a big buyer of of him calling all the shots right you know I think he's He's a great hockey player. I don't think, and I have no inside information that he was, you know, involved in saying, "Yeah, get rid of Woodcroft and bring in my, you know, my junior coach uh, Knobloch." Right? That uh, Knobloch's kind of earned the right to be a head coach. I think Woodcroft was, uh, you know, trying to change the system mid uh, mid season to try and figure out how to play. Uh, you know, obviously the record and stuff, and then sometimes. The easiest thing to do is is to you know kick a coach out right and and it's unfortunate but that's the way it is but you know I, I yes I've been part of a a coaching change it was uh, probably John Stevens uh, when we went to the finals in two thousand nine we were dead last I think in our, in our conference or fourteenth out of fifteen teams and and you know it took us a while to to kind of figure it out under Laviolette. And then we went on, you know, two or three, you know, eight or 10 game win streaks. And we uh, made it in the, into the playoffs in the last game of the year, went right to the finals. So, uh, you know, sometimes a voice uh, does need to be changed. And it's an unfortunate business where good men, good people, good coaches lose their job, unfortunately. And, uh, you know, I'm not a, you know, all, you know, I, I saw the press conference just like yeah, you did and, everyone else did and then you know the cover-ups the next day and and all that stuff but i i, I can't see uh you know Connor mcdavid just kind of being the pro and and uh you know the guy that he is saying yeah go go get a new coach or let's go try this guy because he coached me you know eight years ago yeah and it felt like he was offended at the the possibility that people think that he is the the ultimate puppet master there pulling the strings it feels like the Edmonton the oilers maybe did him a little dirty like and maybe you know yeah his former agent and, and his former junior coach were the right guys to be hired in those moments either way. But, yeah, it, it does, does feel like he, it, it's put him in a position where he's had to defend something that he had nothing to do with, and it's, it's kind of a tough spot for him, Scott. Yeah, and he, he did say it too, right? Didn't he say that, uh, you know, I didn't have any part of it, like, you know, yeah. that, that's like, get off my back, <laughs> right? And, and uh, you know, I feel bad for him because, you know, everyone wants to hear his comments and everyone wants to – you know, dissect everything he said. So it's it's just uh, it's too bad that you know it's it ha- it's come down to that. But at the end of the day, you know they weren't winning. They weren't uh, you know playing the proper way. They're just getting you know you know four, five, six goals against every game. Something mm-hmm. something had to change. You can't keep just uh, stay status quo. And that's uh, you know they decided to move a coach. So it's it's unfortunate. Like I said, a good man went down, but you know life moves on. Yeah, and listen, you don't have to stay status quo just because you're a guy that 
had taken his shoes off on planes doesn't mean you have to continue to do it the rest of your life. This could be a, 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 a pivot no, moment for no, you in I'm, your life. I'm stepping in here. If you let this guy, of all people, bully you into <laughs> changing your ways, absolutely not. Stick to who you are. Be your own man, Scott. Disgusting, Scott. I will get my ass on a flight to Toronto and come up there. And... <laughs> you know what? You get in studio here with me and him. In, invitation to come in and take your shoes off while yeah. you do the hit with uh, us. Yeah, there you, you take go. your socks off Perfect. when you do that. Perfect. Done. All right. See you, Scott. Thanks. Get on that, Azo. See you, man. Uh, Scott Hartnell, former NHL forward, NHL network analyst. He was our insider, brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. Just disgusting behavior. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree, but that's a, like, non-small per- part of the reason why I don't travel is, I mean, like... Do you know how many parts of the unwashed masses I have to deal with on a daily basis now? <laughs> Airport? Yeah, it's locked into a metal tube with them? Yeah. yeah I'm good. It's Thanks. a lot. It's Thanks. a lot. Yeah. Uh, there were a couple. I mean, one's actually like breaking news that we should get to, but there was something from the NHL. Uh, I've done a lot of complaining today, so let me just do just a touch more. So we saw the instigators to the Leafs on Saturday night. Yeah. Uh, this will make the rounds today if you haven't seen it already. Uh, Nick Ehlers, of all people, good on him. He stepped up. Uh, Brendan Smith smoked the Meshnikov in the Devils in the Devils Jets game last night, and Ehlers just jumps in and and challenges challenges mm. Brendan Smith to a fight right away. Um, also, a, no a instigator. He did not oh. get an instigator because oh. reasons. So that's why people are super <laughs> confused. If you look at it, it looks in my mind's eye no different than either of the two things we saw. I'm sure somebody will tell me. Kevin Bieksa definitely made a point of it on Saturday night that it's the millisecond difference. It's, oh, you you looked, I saw the whites of his eyes before I dropped my gloves or something along those lines. That's why it's a stinky rule, is that uh, we talked about gray area earlier. That's why these things are so difficult. So I just wanted to complain. Uh, I actually feel like I did a good job of not complaining about Sweden too much today, so I had to find something else. Okay, good and for you. And it's, you, I, listen, that I is, say, that is do more. Do you think I did a good job or no, you don't think so? No, I think that was appealing very much to the Maple Leafs fan base that very much thinks, and listen, I, I won't say it's not correct, but thinks that this team is unfairly officiated against. And yeah, I, think, I, I, mean, I also think there's probably 10 to 15 other fan bases that probably feel that way and probably do have a fair gripe about that. Like, mm-hmm. I think NHL officiating. How about this? Just NHL officiating, not that good. Like, can we just. Like start there. Be better, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we're monitoring this this post practice sound out of Sweden today. Yes. Mike Zeisberger with a tweet. Uh, Keith says Klingberg's chances of playing Friday are quote low. Also says Timmins unlikely. Uh, Legs and Benoit, the oh, third pairing. I called it. I'm so smart. We got what? an update from Josh Cloak. I called what was going to happen with Klingberg. Sheldon Keefe says the chances of John Klingberg playing Friday are, quote, low. Added, quote, I don't think the long flight did him any favors. I, I told you they were going to use the flight. Like, look, he's, yeah, a, but tall, what do you do he's for- a tall guy. <laughs> and there, you think there's follow-ups on that? No, because guess what? We all understand. Yeah, I went on a plane and my back feels uh, terrible now or whatever. Yeah, we buy that completely. I knew that's what they were going to take. God, I'm so smart. What do you do in a couple of weeks, though, when you need to continue doing this? Like, I mean, they, they were able to make Matt Murray disappear, yeah. right? There's and a then lot they, more. Then they brought him out looking like a hostage on opening night. But I think, like, like Matt look Murray, sicker. They, they told us Matt Murray had a surgery yeah. of some kind. And also, this is John Klingberg, I don't think, is at a point in his career, despite the fact that it's not going so well. Yeah, like, you don't isn't going to retire? Wave no, goodbye. Like, I'm sure he would like to be traded at the deadline, even mm-hmm. if it is for minimal return. He doesn't want to hang him up because, yeah, he hears Scott Hartnell talk about the 
NHL yeah. lifestyle. He's like, I also enjoy that yes. and money. So can I continue to do that? But um, is there a is there a happy middle ground here between he and, and the team that seems more than pleased to have him be no. quote unquote injured for multiple games? I would be, I'd be, <laughs> I shouldn't say shocked because I suppose if you want to be seen to be a good soldier and I think part of John Klingberg's job going forward in the league will be, I'm a good soldier. I go with the plan. Maybe he goes along with it, but I think it's just as likely there's a trade where it's money in money out kind of thing. And a team is getting off longer term money for his money kind of thing. I wonder if that's a move. What have the Leafs done in terms of team bonding? So far oh, in God. Sweden, I'm gonna hate Josh this, aren't I? Keith, we've tried to sleep. <laughs> what a great trip that is definitely setting them up for success. God, I'm not even the guy who needs sleep in his life. I don't need any of Hold it. Hold on, oh, there's more. No, I'm oh. just like, yeah, it's a team bonding. I mean, I guess guys are sharing a room while they're sleeping. Okay, yeah. there is good, there is light in the world though. Matt Sundin is going to join the Leafs staff for dinner mm-hmm. on Thursday night. So there is light in the world. Matt's. That's good. That's literally the only good I've seen come out of this dinner. trip. What about the players, though? Because I imagine, I mean, are the coaches going out to dinner <laughs> with the players? That's not generally the no, case. No. Let's go out to dinner with this the players. Matt's. He's like, go, look, I'm not talking Fortnite dances and TikToks <laughs> and whatever Mitch Marner's up to. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. All it's, right. We'll, we'll continue to monitor Geo's the with the coaches as well, I imagine. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right, we'll uh, continue to monitor the situation. We'll have an update on uh, all things Sweden tomorrow. It's been the Fan Morning Show. Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590. The Fan, good morning. morning.